Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Hey everyone, I'm your host Chris Sands, and today I'm joined by Mike Semenek, the co-founder and creative sensei at Dissolver. <laughs> and one thing I pr- appreciate with the name of your brewery is that you just went with one word. You didn't add on brewing company, beer company, and uh, so I, I didn't have a chance to screw it up. So I appreciate that. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that, you know, that just kind of ties into our overall fascination with just fermentation in general. It's like we didn't want to tie ourselves by just saying we're a beer company or, uh, you know, ale project or something like that because uh, through the course of this uh, next couple of years, we're going to dip our hands into as many fermentation projects as possible. Like we're probably a couple of weeks away from our first natural wine release. So, oh, wow. Yeah, really excited for that. We've done a couple of ciders already, some food-rage ciders, and then some like just kind of clean stainless fermented ciders as well, and then a couple of meads in there. Mostly like we were doing session meads at first. Uh, We tried our hand at like a full octane mead. It it came out (laughs) really interesting. (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't say it was my favorite of our projects, but you know, it's just like. You know, we're going to follow where our uh, fascination leads us. And like, that's, that's, you know, also ties back to the name. It's like all these things kind of coming in together and uh, dissolving together as if you could like understand, you know? Well, so that was, that was going to be, I was like, why don't we, we'll, we'll start out. Where did the name dissolver come from? Yeah. So I think and you like, may have just hinted at that. Yeah, pretty much like it, it, it is that that idea of all kinds of fermentation coming together, but it also is like definitely the all the you know experiences and great people and then the overall like magic and beauty that is Asheville coming together in our location. So they're all blending together, dissolving together. So that, was, that hate, was our thought. Do you hate vowels? <laughs> no, I love just I love just one vowel, just the, uh, <laughs> the O. O is the only yeah, one you wrote, you're down with. Yeah, get all the other ones. <laughs> so um, was that was that a function of that's the only way you would be able to get uh, URLs, screen names, and everything, or you just um, like the way uh, it looked because it does look awesome spelled that way yeah. too. Yeah, it definitely helps out with like any of the handles. I always have the handle; it's mine <laughs> when I want it. Um, but the, yeah, I just felt like it gave it more of a, an edgy look to it for sure. It more stylized, definitely. And definitely gave us like another layer of separation from like, you know, dissolver the kind of cleaning agent or something like that, you know? <laughs> so there's no, no confusion there. Yeah. <laughs> like this is a, yeah. A this is to be thing. ingested, not yeah. poured onto uh, paint to strip it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what is your background like? What were you doing bef- that led you up to wanting to start Dissolver? Uh, so that... That really starts us uh, back over a decade ago. Uh, I was just finishing up art school, and I met 
uh, it's my my best friend, uh, my business partner, our head brewer, our leads production here, Vince Tercy. We both uh, got a job working together uh, at a liquor store in Boston, in the Alston neighborhood of uh, Boston, which is like the frat house, like the the college neighborhood of Boston. Like everyone that uh, isn't dorming lives in some sort of like tenement house out there with like five of their friends because rent is so crazy. It's probably 10 of your friends now with the way renting is these days. Um, so yeah, we met working at that liquor store and it was just, I think at the time, it probably still is one of AB InBev's largest accounts, just from the sheer volume of half kegs that we would turn out every weekend. So oh, wow. the number of like, yeah, frat houses that would come through, buy a keg, and then you could only legally transport one half keg uh, at a time if you don't have like a, a distributor's license or something like that. So then they would have to come back through, buy another keg, go drop that off. And they would repeat that process like three to five times. And that would be like, you know, there would be like 20 or so different party houses or frat houses doing the same thing. So it's just like insane. Like their walking cooler was still one of the most massive uh, coolers I've seen. And then just for a liquor store to have. And then when it was like a holiday weekend, it'd be like hundreds and hundreds of half barrels in this fucking, in this cooler. It's just uh, intense. And they would run like some like 10 cashiers at a time, like going through. And that's what we were. We're cashiers there. Um, so we, uh, <laughs> with just doling out sheer numbers of uh, freaking Bud Light and uh, like Natty Light for sure, we we did get the opportunity uh, to buy craft beer at a much cheaper price <laughs> than anyone else because we had a steep discount for for everything there, and uh, which was a great time to have a discount to craft beer because it was just right about uh, the start of like kind of this last wave and definitely the, the last wave for, for Boston, uh, seeing places like night shift spark up and Trillium spark up. And then, um, like we were getting a bunch of great beer from Maine at this time. So getting stuff from Maine Brewing Company, especially remember that Jack's Abbey, you just started too. So, uh, became super so enamored with those brands and then quickly started homebrewing, uh, uh, after that. So, so was we, this like in the 2010s? Yeah. 20 probably. Yeah. Just about 2011. I okay. want to say because then I graduated in 2012 and, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was like a new experience because you could at that time in Boston, you could go to like Sam Adams pilot brewery or harpoon. And that was like, that was craft beer yeah. prior. And then, uh, I went yeah. to, um, I went to the same Adams Brewery uh, the only time I've been to Boston, which I, I love that city. I, I definitely want to go back sometime. Um, and the coolest part of it was that that guy with the huge beard that was always in the commercials yeah. was in the background working. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see he was, he was shackled to the to the bright yeah, things. He, he couldn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> He's just part of the experience now. Yeah. <laughs> people want to see the guy from the commercial you're staying yeah. here 
Uh, no, you actually met that guy a couple of times too. He was really, really nice. Uh, slipping on his name, but my, my wife actually for a time worked for Boston Beer Company and uh, was uh, part of their creative department for a while. And that's cool. Got to meet Jim Cook a bunch of times. Oh, cool. Nice, nice guy in person for sure. Like, um, I've, I've never gotten <laughs> to meet him. The only like elder statesman in the beer world I've met is uh, Sam. Caligioni, <laughs> yeah. and I when I interviewed Greg um, from uh, Stone. Oh heck yeah, yeah! Um, uh, but I didn't get to meet I him met, in person. That was uh, virtual. I met Sam once at a beer fest, and then uh, that was up in Boston too. And that was one of Beer Advocates' events. I can't remember which one now, but he stepped out for like a minute, and then. Uh, realized he made a huge mistake because he was starting to get like mobbed mobbed. people and then I just saw him <laughs> run away <laughs> he's like fuck this <laughs> too many <That's> people <laughs> um, but yeah like that was kind of the Boston experience like these things were really starting to kick into gear and uh, were super it's not cool. a bad place to get yourself into craft beer yeah and uh, so uh, Vince had just bought a like a <laughs> Uh, caught a deal on a homebrew setup, which is like the deal that was like, my wife is making me clean out the basement and I can't have all this brewing equipment and all this homebrew equipment anymore. And I just got to get it out. So he caught like, we got this like keggle system with a, a bunch of like uh, corny kegs and everything for super cheap. And, uh, you know, uh, being, having the interest really. It's like, yeah, I'll come homebrew with you someday. And then we started homebrewing. It's like, yeah, we we could, uh, we could maybe sell this stuff someday. And uh, that kind of sparked uh, definitely the interest in maybe seeing it beyond just a hobby for sure. But even though it, it definitely was a hobby for a number of years. And but what grew into like, you know, oh, like a pretty legit little basement operation <laughs> with a full fermentation chamber and like kegerator with like, you know, had like six taps on it. Oh, wow. And stuff. So it was like the, the chest freezer. Yeah. Kegerator. What do they call so, it? Uh, keezers. Yeah. Yeah. Keezer. <laughs> so, um, so the, your a, first, your first homebrew, how did it turn out? Yeah. My first personal homebrew was Mr. Beer Kit and, uh, I, I dumped, half the boiled extract onto the onto the stove <laughs> trying to get it into this little plastic fermenter thing that it came with <laughs> and then uh it came with a bunch of plastic bottles so then after it fermented went into plastic bottles so uh by the time it was done uh was the most plastic tasting beer i've ever had <laughs> it was so disgusting uh but uh then graduated from uh, there and started, uh, you know, on brewing with Vince. And my first brew with him was a, uh, we just went full bore onto a quad, <laughs> full full uh, all grain quad. Made our own uh, Belgian candy syrup, uh, threw that in there. And the day we actually brewed it was on uh, Patriots Day, and that's like. A, Bigger, definitely a bigger holiday uh, in, in Massachusetts, um, uh, and 
especially in the town we were we were living in at that point, which was Arlington, they have a huge, well, a decent sized parade that go makes its way down Mass Ave, and we were living right on there. We were right at the end of the at the parade, so we're seeing this whole parade at the time, and then the biggest moment I remember was seeing all these clowns and these clowns were loading their clown cars into the trailer, just seeing like a whole bunch of clowns push little cars up. A, uh, yeah. It's like, yeah, this is fun. And, uh, yeah, the freaking it's like three hour boil, <laughs> like, and then the, the transfer knocking out and, and transferring that into our, our, uh, fermenters just took forever <laughs> we did we didn't know how to like settle the grain bed uh, or or settle the the trub after the the boil <laughs> so it just got clogged and then just the smallest stream coming out of there took like freaking all night uh but it turned out really good <laughs> i was like oh and you um, guys could, still stuck, do this, stuck to it too <laughs> yeah yeah and that, that, yeah, that really sparked it. And then we did, I don't know, in the next two years, probably brewed like something like a few hundred barrels of, of beer just on a homebrew, like half barrel system, uh, so, which so really helps way... out <laughs> because we ha- uh, we did have a, a pool in the backyard as well, which was, we were renting this, like, you don't find this house anywhere in the Boston area to rent, let alone kind of turn it into like our own little party house between me, Vince, and like four other friends, uh, we had this house and like, it just would throw pool parties. And then <laughs> our, 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 that would really help with like turning over the beer because that was definitely way too much for us to personally drink. And we were bottling it up and we very much were those people that would show up to breweries with your homebrew and be like, can you, can you please drink this and tell me what you think? <laughs> But, you know, those breweries at the time were like, you know, night shift and especially night shift. We bugged the shit out of the were, were they and Rob kind? at the time. Were oh, they, they were kind so, to you or so were nice. They, so were nice. they annoyed? Yeah. <laughs> or pr- no, a little they bit were, of both? <laughs> they, were super, they were super uh, nice. Essentially, <laughs> and I don't blame them because like, uh, I'm not, they, they're, their first couple of years was uh, an interesting operation to like look back and think about because their system was like pretty much a glorified homebrew system at that too. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, they actually had, ended up, Vince ended up being one of their first production hires too. So we, okay, we so know he... them to the point where they just gave Vince a job. <laughs> <laughs> so he but, worked uh, professionally as a brewer for a little while before opening Dissolver. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he had a, a has a great uh, little amount of experience. Sorry, my dog is just like uh, oh. sitting right here. That's her. Well, that's an Ellie right now, just wanting <laughs> my attention so bad. That's um, fine. Uh, mine finally <laughs> just you may have seen me looking down constantly or petting too. Mine finally just <laughs> gave up and went and lay down in the corner. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, it, it, he got that job because we were like making a ton of beer and it started getting pretty, pretty darn good. And then being, uh, an art student and then graduating, like my, I always had an interest in branding because, uh, like I did get my, my degree BFA in design 
So I learned how to make a brand and like light, lightly started dabbling in, in how to advertise and stuff in school, uh, which then led uh, myself to a career uh, in advertising, uh, first with a small branding shop and then uh, eventually into a larger ad agency in the Boston area. Did that for a number of years and then made my way to Providence at, at uh, prior to opening Dissolver to work for a smaller agency, but a much more like something that gave me a lot more hands-on uh, as far as creative and look and feel of a lot of my projects. So while I was doing that, Vince was making his way through a brewing career. So uh, had the opportunity to go work for Night Shift. He took that, uh, was one of their first production brewers, helped them grow from a three barrel system uh, to a 20 barrel brew house. Uh, uh, I forget how, what the capacity was like there, but it was definitely way more than the, what they started. And then uh, after a number of years of that, went on to help open up Lord Hobo. Uh, so all the initial IPAs that uh, Lord Hobo made, those were all like Vince helped craft those, make those uh, what they were. And he was running, you know, immediately stepped up to a 40 barrel brew house, brewing into 120s. Uh, that's just a lot of beer and Lord yeah, Hobo wanted to hit it super hard. They're like, let's go balls of the wall and just blanket this area in uh, like New England style IPA, which I think when they were I don't think that was even the the name for it at that point. Uh, yeah, I think they were. still they had. Were, it was still back in the day when they were just called IPAs. Yeah, it was <laughs> like we have, or maybe we're, we're double doing, IPAs. <laughs> we're doing our heady topper clones essentially. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's do that. Um, well, let, let's yeah. um let's take a real quick sponsor break, and then uh, when we come back, we can finish the story leading up to where uh, Dissolver became. Uh, went from being a dream to uh, a, a brewery. Uh, so we will be right back. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. Idiom Brewing Company proudly offers a delicious variety of beers to satisfy the most discerning tastes. Best known for their wide array of IPAs, delicious fruited sours, and robust porters and stouts, Idiom has a simple goal in mind, to bring people from all walks of life together to enjoy themselves and each other. Whether you're a hophead looking for explosively juicy IPAs or one of the adventurous few looking to try boozy, sour, or complex flavors, or just looking to enjoy classic styles and seasonal favorites, they'll have a little something for you. Idiom Brewing Company is located in downtown Frederick, just south of the intersection of East Street and East Patrick Street, with ample seating directly on Carroll Creek. Right, so at, at this point... Um, so Vince is wor wor working at, uh, 
Lord Hobo. Lord Hobo. Yeah. And you're uh, in Providence now working at a smaller ad agency, but being given more freedom to spread your artist, which I mean, looking at, um, looking at Dissolver stuff, I would have had no idea that you went to art school. <laughs> there's, there's definitely someone who was uh either trained or has spent a really really long time in design that yeah. does that does dissolver stuff so yeah. it was definitely was not a surprise whenever you said you had gone to art school <laughs> yeah and like you know since we even the homebrew project was you know branded and had labels and looked cool. Like we always had the mind of like, yeah, if we can, uh, we would would have loved the opportunity to start the business at any point and wrote like multiple business plans to to do so, like all around the Boston area, and then had looked at even going possibly up to Portland, Maine for a bit because you know at, at this point, you know, we were always traveling up to Maine, up to up to Vermont even and all around New England, just like trying different beers, talking to different brewers and stuff. And now, and then at that point, Vince being in the industry, we started just meeting more of the ownership level and production uh, uh, level of people that just like through either like different collaboration projects he had been on to with Night Shift or uh, things with Lord Hobo going to different fests at that, uh, myself getting to volunteer with him to pour different fests. So like we, we definitely started casting a net at that point to, to look around and start anywhere we could in New England, but it just the, the opportunity just never, never really fully worked out for like the various locations we looked at and it made sense. Like, you know, just probably still pretty fresh into our career so like having a novice level of experiences in like doesn't always help for like hey uh if you want to invest my company i barely know anything about this like (laughs) i do but we were super passionate so people did like appreciate that and like uh but just didn't didn't fully uh come to fruition up there in in new england especially uh, you know, with New England prices, like now must be insane. Then was still pretty uh, hefty bill if you wanted to start any kind of uh, production level brewery up there. So was but, it pretty early on that you guys had the dream of opening a brewery? Because um, yeah. uh, it, it, I could see it going either way because the way you described like what you were doing home brewing like I've talked to a couple breweries where like they almost opened just out of necessity because their hobby had gotten too out of control and yeah. they just, they needed to start selling beer or, yeah. or they would just have too much. Yeah, it was, it was, I'd say definitely a situation like that. And then it, <laughs> but it led more into the, uh, the career for actually for both of us. So like after a number of years of homebrewing and then also like, like I said, we were fully branding these things with labels and stuff like that. We both had like a pretty like sick portfolio uh, of beers we could then bring around to like uh, apply with it and, and uh, show perspective uh, 
uh, employers. So that led to Vince getting the night shift job, which was like, I remember at the time pretty sought after because it was like the, they were like the coolest little brewery that opened up in the Boston area and like hundreds of people had applied for that. And, uh, you know, it definitely helped, especially our pestering over the years <laughs> running. Um, so see people bothering yeah. breweries to try your homebrew pays off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As long as it, it yeah. Take all your home brew to dissolver. <laughs> yeah. Bring and, it all. The Vince Vince has it. He owes it. So, dude. Um, they would but, love to try all of uh, your home brew. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but um, yeah, and then I had a portfolio of fully branded things, and uh, to bring that to a prospective employer in the advertising world is like pretty dope to them they don't get all they weren't getting a lot of applicants that were like bringing them beer and shit <laughs> so that that really uh helped us both kind of break into our our careers then and then yeah made us like led to me at my last job before this in providence and then led vince to lord hobo and then he made his way uh had the opportunity to work for burial and that's how okay. Asheville became a so big part of our, I... our picture yeah. So he came down like it's, uh, you know, pretty hard not to love the Asheville scene here. And then to have, uh, you know, to, to work in an opportunity to get uh, probably like one of the coolest breweries in the area, especially for that time. I was yeah. going to say, like, he just went from like heavy hitter to heavy hitter. And <laughs> yeah, it was no joke. Like, yeah. Um, you know, so it's really we got so down here and it's no wonder it, that uh dissolver's beer is so good for how short uh, of a time you've been in existence yeah <laughs> there's a lot of pedigree behind it yeah there's probably yeah almost uh yeah probably over a decade of, of at this point for sure over a decade of, of of making that happen um yeah so vince came down this way and you know he moved down here and then that I started visiting and being the tourist of this area. And like I said, it's super hard not to fall in love with the Asheville scene, the, the beer scene, the food scene, uh, the freaking outdoor scene here is amazing. The mountains just make it super magical, like just a beautiful area to be, uh, especially if you're coming from the New England area because it is hot. Uh, it can get cold as fuck up there. <laughs> and uh, the snow is just in uh, like just living through a number of blizzards just had it <laughs> that, that was enough to send it's, you it's, south <laughs> yeah it's so testing up that way so uh yeah uh, coming down this way has just been awesome and then you know after vince had his time at burial he was like yeah this this could be a very amazing spot to open up uh the it's a, way more affordable uh to to you know, find a lease and get things going. And so, unlike New England, there's no competition in Asheville. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, th that was part of it too, is like seeing how, you know, there was uh, a good beer scene here as well. Yeah. It's like, and um, I, we felt we could complement uh, the area uh, well. And we're, we're firm believers that, you know, rising tides float all ships. So 
if if we could add to the scene that's already doing really well, I feel like yeah, we, I mean, we could when you're in a, fine. Yeah, when you're at a place like Asheville where it's just like a it's that a becomes a des- yeah beer, destination yeah. for people who want beer. It, the the con- as long as you have a solid product, the competition yeah. almost doesn't matter. And I was fairly confident with my experience at this point, like advertising. I'd spent years learning how to, you know, digitally advertise on social media. You know, uh, at one point I was flow the progressive girl on Facebook and uh, kind of led <laughs> some of the first like video campaigns that, you know, Instagram and Facebook offered and, you know, just grinded for a number of years doing different uh, content, different pieces of content creation for like pretty big national brands uh, uh, through the agencies I worked for, uh, CDC, Otis Spunkmeyer, uh, New Balance Shoes, I mentioned uh, Progressive Car Insurance, uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. Like these are what all people. What is that the ad campaign worked. that you're most proud of? I, what I really, really, uh, outside of the Dissolver stuff, because this well, yeah, is just obviously been my dream that. of doing all this. I really enjoyed the work I did with um, Otis Spunkmeyer Cookies. Actually, okay. yeah, we just got to like be really goofy and playful with that stuff, and that was my kind of first lead into uh, doing more motion graphics and animated little pieces and stuff. So I had I had like kind of just started really getting into uh, that type of work and having a lot of fun with it, and it was. Uh, bit more novel for any brand's uh, content to be animated and and done in that way. So uh, to hop on and, and be able to do a whole bunch of campaigns like that was great. Uh, and Otis Buckmeyer at the time was just launching into kind of like retail, uh, their retail packaging, like uh, essentially be launching a competitive line to like Hostess and, and like Little Debbie and stuff. They were doing their yeah. version, uh, and it did. the The campaigns did really, really well for for pushing the product. It just was a uh, a product that didn't shelf well over time. So eventually, they they nixed it. So that, but you know, that kind of happens in in the in the world of consumer packaged goods yeah. and, and advertising for sure. Um, so did. So, did you move to um, Asheville for another job, or did you move to Asheville when it was decided you were that you were going to open Dissolver? Yeah, uh, decided once we we were going to do this this project here. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, try to m- make it make sense that you know, I was going to uproot my career and and uh, get this going. I wanted to make sure that. Uh, like one, I could afford to do so. So I'd like just save my buckaroos up for quite some time. <laughs> just like had a nest egg. And I was like, uh, if we were going to do it, I, I could do it now. I could invest and then have a little bit of some to live on while we, while we launch, which was a great call because it, you know, starting opening a brewery, it, it can take some freaking time, uh, especially with build out and uh, permitting and licensing and all that just, uh, it always seems to take way longer than expected. So, 
Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it costs it more never, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it it's never done as quickly or as um, yeah as at at the same budget that you think it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, I feel like the rule of thumb is like twice as long, twice as much kind of thing. And yeah, we were yeah we were probably yeah, felt that effect too. But you know uh, what really kicked us off, kicked it off was. And we, we uh, were able to find a brew house uh, uh, for second hand on the market. Uh, the, the Vale was going, turning through their first brew house they had it for something like 11 months or something like that. And they were already ready to upgrade from a, a 15 barrel to a 30 barrel. And, you know, after, you know, years, Vince going through uh, the industry and seeing how quickly you could, you know, burn yourself on a three barrel, uh, you know, if you, especially the way we were coming in, we were wanting to come into the market. We felt like we could, that would be a mistake to sm- start that small, you know, yeah. you know, w- the way you could start is the way you could start. So we had the opportunity to, to go right to and start with a 15. So, and we found that, and that's, that's really what sparked it. Then we were able to find our space after like, hunting around Asheville for, for a few months and lucked out by grabbing something right in downtown. So we're, we're right in downtown North Lexington Ave in Asheville, which is a pretty sick spot. There's like, uh, you know, everyone knows this, or if you're familiar with Asheville, you probably know the South slope and that's where a lot of the other breweries in down, like the downtown area are. So you have your burial, uh, green man and, like Wicked Weed would be down that way. But then we're like kind of at the top of the slope, I would say. <laughs> so like pretty much the best spot to start at and then like work your way down the hill <laughs> if you're going to do it. Uh, but we're positioned pretty well around some other restaurants and uh, other local nightclubs and bars. So I really love our spot here. We really, <laughs> really looked out. You know, like this storefront with like two huge, beautiful wooden doors out front that are like, you know, built out in the seventies or something like that. But the building all together was uh, built in 1920. And just like, uh, it's an amazing old building. And, uh, but with old buildings definitely uh, put us through our test to, to build it out and get the, the system in here and, uh, yeah. you know, make sure it was all, <laughs> safe and sound for people to come in and for us to work in. So you open with a 15 barrel system. Um, what, what size tanks were they 15 barrel and 30 barrel or did you just do 15 to yeah. start? Uh, a mix of, of 15s, sevens. And then we do have one 30 barrel okay. uh, fermenter and one uh, 30 barrel bright. So and then <laughs> uh, with that, we, we did score a, uh, also from the Vale, they had a three-barrel uh, pilot system that they just wanted out of their space. Literally, it's like, take this thing, please. Oh, no, nice. We don't we have enough room in here to do it. So we, we also had, uh, we also still have a, a couple of three-barrel fermenters and then a, a three-barrel, uh, you know, boil kettle and mash ton, which have both been retired and now are actually part of our wine program. <laughs> so... Yeah, they're not part so of the, is it, the, the um, beer anymore. 
in Asheville, are you are you allowed to produce everything, or is it you're just licensed for each individual? Yeah. Thing, so, so when we first opened, uh, we worked with an amazing lawyer over here, Derek Allen. He represents like so many, so many of the breweries over here and some bigger players. He's also one of White Labs lawyers too. So, okay. um, he knows the industry. Yeah, super experienced, and he 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 tipped us off. He's like, you know, if you do have any interest in making, uh, you know, wine, cider, mead, like anything that falls under a wine license in North Carolina, apply for it immediately. Like, go through that process from day one, because if you want to do it afterwards, like it's it's ex- exponentially harder to do it because you'll need to have like you know, uh, your production space that you start with need, like that's your beer production. If you want to add to it, a wine production space, you need new space essentially to do oh, that. So in. you have to show everything delineated. Yeah. But, so do you so, have to keep it delineated now? Or if you already have it, you can, yeah, it can co-mingle. Essentially. essentially yeah. It, it's, it's gray area <laughs> to co-mingle, <laughs> but you know, it, it's so much easier to be like, yes, this yeah. is our wine space from day one, and then this is our beer space. Yeah, instead um, of submitting architectural drawings, and this is the, yeah. going through all that. You know, and like that's why I tell everyone that if you're if you're gonna do it and you have any interest in those products, like day one, just get it on there. Uh, it's just it's like not even like in the 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 long run of all the expenses to pay for and stuff and starting the business, it's like nothing to, to yeah. pay for and get on added on. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's worth it if you have that interest because to do it later, so, so much, so much harder. So, yeah. And that has led us to, uh, essentially quickly out the gate of opening up. We started rolling out those, those session meads and then, uh, and then we got our fooders in, so we started immediately making fooder age cider as well, which is so much fun. That stuff's so good. <laughs> so, cider and meads seem to be finally taking off. Like they've had like little starts over the years, but it there seems like especially mead. There seems to be much more interest in mead now <laughs> yeah. than ever before. Yeah, definitely. Uh, or it's just the people on, I follow. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. If you look on Untappd, those are the highest rated things on Oh, Untapped. are they? Yeah. Well, I'm that, like, oh, wow. It's not even a beer company. It's all meaderies. That's uh, funny. Which is which is cool because that stuff, it's delicious. A lot of those, you know, like a lot of the ones that are, are leading the their Untappd stuff, it's like, yeah, they're making amazing products. Yeah. Uh, and we, yeah, we just wanted to dabble in that stuff for sure. Like we, the high idea of like offering a spectrum of flavors and, and beverages to our guests is uh, like, especially in a town like Asheville where there are, you know, a handful of other breweries to compete with. Uh, and, and like, you know, we just want to be attractive to anyone that happens to walk through our door. So they may know us as someone that makes, you know, crazy sours or IPAs, but we pride ourselves on our, you know, loggers and pub ales 
and then also that diverse other selection of, of our wood age products, our funky products are then bolstering it with, you know, cider, uh, soon to be wine. And that just like, you know, uh, there's, there's definitely a, a large, still large, uh, population of people that just, you know, beer's just not quite for them still. Yeah. So they, they'll, or they just, you know, have like a gluten allergy or something like that. So it just may not be their, their beverage of choice or not even be something they can drink. So having those extra, uh, beverages in our portfolio is just all worth it for us. Uh, uh, we take pride to all those things we can make and kind of it's, it's, it's the challenge and yeah. definitely the, the fun part of, uh, of, doing this project like i think if we were stuck in the mindset of just turning out i just just ipa or just sour beers all the time that would that would definitely make us go crazy i feel like well, i gonna say i'm drinking uh murder house right now and you guys do <laughs> yeah. make a phenomenal ipa <laughs> yeah. yeah and like you know, vince has been crafting that that kind of style for so long like even from his night shift days he helped uh make a bunch of uh, whirlpool which is now they call their new england pale ale i think and then yeah all those ipas at at lord hobo and then at burial so we were always fairly confident we would you know you know the, i'd say they've gotten so much better now since we initially opened um but we were always fairly confident that would be a style that would definitely sell and we could definitely do really well. And then the challenge is to like get some of those more traditional styles of, of uh, old world styles, like, like, like our Pilsners under our belt. And like, we're starting to see like those just kind of creep up the, our sales charts as being some of the, 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 the higher velocity sellers for us. And that's awesome. I get the opportunity of just like slapping some cool artwork on yeah. <laughs> it. I just have to zone out and make some stuff or, you know, or bring in some other people to work with. Uh, I, I now have another artist that works uh, in office with me to, to kind of help promote like our different in-house events, but also he gets, he gets some labels here and there. And then I have another just, a bag of other artists that I work with that do amazing stuff. So, uh, well, let's yeah. take, um, <laughs> one more quick sponsor break. And, um, I mean, we still got all kinds of stuff to talk about, so oh, yeah. we will be right back. I buy my beer at district East in downtown Frederick, Maryland. They have an amazing selection of local and hard to find beers. And I love the option of making my own mix and match custom six pack. District East is on Northeast Street in Frederick in the same shopping center as Showroom Restaurant and Rockwell Brewery. Most weeks they have over 950 beers in stock. Check out this week's selection at www.districteastbeer.com. Are you planning on having custom glassware made for your business? Glassware availability for 2022 has already reached capacity, and it looks like costs will predictably rise this year. Don't worry, ACS Brand My Beverage has you covered with over 6 million units of the most popular glass styles exclusively in their inventory to meet your branded glassware needs right now. Lock in today's lower prices and take immediate delivery, or ACS will store your product for you until you're ready. 
email sales at brandmybeverage.com or visit brandmybeverage.com to reserve your glassware. McClintock Distilling is Maryland's first and only certified organic distillery, handcrafting gins, whiskeys, vodkas, and cordials from non-GMO organic ingredients in downtown Frederick. Named the best vodka distillery in the country by USA Today, best gin in the world at the International Spirits Competition, and double gold at the World Spirits Competition for bourbon, rye, and gin. Open now for tours, tastings, and classes. Come sample the most awarded distillery in Frederick today. When did you open? So we, uh, after about a year, probably like right, right close to a year of, of uh, like pre-planning demo and then build out, we were able to open in December of 2019. Okay. So yeah. Really bad was, timing. Yeah. It was such a, <laughs> such a time to, after, yeah. After like a, this whole story of like a, a decade in the making, <laughs> we opened right in time to, yeah, pretty much go right into the pandemic. And uh, that, that sucked, especially because, now, we had been on the road and like trying to uh, push the brand and build the brand as much as possible that full year beforehand. Like, pretty you much, did a lot of collaborations leading up to that to get the brand, the name out there, right? Yeah. So, pretty much a year and a half before we opened, we decided, like, you know, uh, let's 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 cash in on your on your Rolodex of, uh, uh, contacts your that you made, yeah, let them know that this is, we're, we're opening any day now. <laughs> Cut <laughs> to a year and a half later, we had, uh, we had been able to do something like 30 different, uh, collaboration beers with, uh, around that same number of breweries up and down the East coast. Yeah. I mean, like in all the yeah. uh, tons of big guys ha- who've hearted ardent, yeah. um, Troon, uh, yeah. magnify. Yeah, uh, yeah magnify. we had uh, we we were a three-way collaboration with uh, uh, Jay Wakefield too. <laughs> uh, got that one. Uh, our good buds. They yeah, had definitive late star out of the uh, tripping animals too. Uh, so did like a ton of these projects. Uh, uh, Dancing gnome, one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah i just had i i just had andrew on um again recently oh heck yeah have you been up there i see that like obviously when you did this it was the old location have you been to pittsburgh at all recently and seen their new location Uh, it's been a minute with this freaking you know the covid blip it's been uh we were there right before yeah and then haven't gotten back up to it's amazing the, the yeah. new location is amazing. Yeah, really excited for them. Our, our buddy that was working there at the time has just split off and started his own project called Coven that, that just opened up in, in that area too. So we're okay. really excited for that. Actually, we'll have them in, in-house like I think next week to do a little collaboration brew. So excited nice. for that. Yeah, collaboration brews have never ended for us. They keep going. Uh but yeah, we we did that for a year and a half prior to opening. So we were trying to like, you know, keep that steam going into opening. And then we we're like, by the time we opened was December. Screeching so it was, 
Yeah, so it was still already, you know, winners and off season here in Asheville, and then yeah, right when it was about to get uh, tour season about to kick off, of course, of course, COVID came around and uh, was rough. It was rough for a bit, but you know, uh, gave us, you know, kind of a reset uh, minute there to kind of see what we've done well in the last in the, the quarter or so of sales we've we'd made and where we were going um and gave us another opportunity to kind of uh invest in more of a uh of a distribution side of our company and make sure we could be a good partner to our retail accounts and stuff did One you of the- did you open with a canning line from the start do you have a canning line do you contract or what what was your package situation yeah. at that time so when we first started uh we knew like we knew we wanted package from day one we wanted uh something that was branded had a cool label because of course i was going to push for that it's like i want no one i want to make <laughs> art for this art company i've been yeah this has been 10 years in the making we're going to make some labels with cans and stuff and have that available for people to take away so, but when we first started, it was uh, working with Ironheart to come in and bring their mobile canner in and can up for us. But then the pandemic hit and uh, uh, using Ironheart just was like, they're a great, great company, amazing company. But at that time, you know, draft was re- immediately gone overnight. So everyone that didn't have a canning line or an option to go into a package that wasn't a keg needed Ironheart too. So the schedule just became literally insane to try to work with them. Uh, you know, and that's, that was just the reality because everyone needed them. Um, so we did at that point have a little chunk, a little nest egg we had, and then, uh, through some of the, the programs that were offered, uh, we were able to invest in our own canning line. And then we brought in a little canning line in and started packaging like crazy into that. And now it's, yeah, every week we're doing at least, you know, uh, 60 to uh, 150 cases per brand of, of whatever into our own package, which is amazing. It's like definitely pays itself off immediately. Like once you've, like if you're factoring in the cost that it is to pay a mobile canner and stuff. So if you can make the investment into a canning line of your own, it's definitely worth it. Um, yeah, so I think, that, uh, that, I, I feel like that was one, like maybe silver lining to COVID is that maybe it pushed more breweries into getting canning lines that while maybe it was painful at that time was still like a really, good financial decision for them in the long run that they would not yeah. have necessarily done without being forced into it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you, yeah, a lot of, a lot of companies were, you had to, it's just like, you weren't going to move beer any other way. Um, for sure. Um, and even, even if you were doing that, didn't mean it was still a lot of work. Like even you were just month three. So we didn't have a, a huge amount of established accounts that we could just push to already, you know? 
So it was a lot of legwork in finding the retail accounts that could take in our package and sell it. And then, you know, the local community around here was awesome still. We were able to just, like sell product from the front door and a lot of people were uh, came by like every day, if not every other day to pick up package product. We were doing home delivery. So I was hopping in my Mazda, <laughs> like a bunch <laughs> of cases of beer, driving around town, dropping off beer. And that, that was awesome too, because I got to meet customers directly and be like, you know, kind of put that ownership face uh, with with the, the product and company we were pushing out. So that, I think, definitely uh, earned us some goodwill for sure. Like, And it was just amazing uh, meeting the people that wanted to support our company. So but putting that aside and getting out of COVID <laughs> times, it's been freaking awesome now. Like, it's so much better these days, like being able to get around, do fast again. I mean, that's so much, uh, I mean, that, well, I, you guys lived that life for, for so long, even before opening your own place. That's yeah. such a part of craft beer culture is one, just inviting people into your tap room and making them happy there, but then also going yeah. out to meet your colleagues and your customers at festivals. And so, yeah, it kind of r- yeah. ruined everything. <laughs> yeah, it really, uh. Yeah, pulled the rug under that that early start of us, but you know, kind of you gotta kind of wear it as a, a badge of honor now that we were able to be like uh, essentially born in the COVID. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, a COVID baby. Yeah, <laughs> like if we're, we're uh, yeah. yeah, that's just how it is. But you didn't, um, you didn't merely adopt the darkness; you were yeah. born <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, now it's, it's been fun. We've since opening have launched over, I think we just passed 250 for the number of brands we've put out. Uh, if, if not a little more now, I haven't, it's been a bit since I checked it. Crazy. <laughs> so it's, it's been a, a lot of work and a lot of fun. And, and there are a few beers that you make regularly too, right? You have a, yeah. you have a core lineup, don't you? Yeah, for for the most part, uh, we we definitely we have uh, our flagship Kolsch. So, <laughs> with all of our, our our sours and IPAs, our Kolsch is what we've claimed as our flagship, and we freaking love it. Love Which it. is Make funny because I'm just gonna yeah. read off a couple of your current offerings if you go to the Dissolver's website. Uh, you have blah blah blast fruited smoothies hard seltzer, <laughs> a fruited goza, a pina colada cheesecake sour. Um, I'm skipping over some more, <laughs> more normal stuff for effect, but those. Uh, but your flagship is a Kolsch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love uh, that though. And <laughs> I just I I um I interviewed actually I already l- released the episode, but. I, I interviewed um, my friends from Monument City. They've been guests before. I've known them forever. Uh, they're a much more traditional uh, brewery. Like they, they don't. They may mainly brew traditional styles and stuff. And we were talking about how like it's just it's awesome when breweries that are known for doing all this crazy stuff, but they also make phenomenal traditional beers. Yeah, and uh, we've been. Pretty much making this this one since day one, 
and uh, it's it's just gotten so freaking good, and it's so approachable for any kind of beer drinker. Like, uh, there'll be people that'll be like, ah, I don't like Kolsch. It's like, no, you, you just haven't had a Kolsch you've liked. So, uh, and we'll pour Mars, and they'll absolutely dig it for the most part. And it's like, you know, uh, our our IPAs and and sours they are a little a little bit more pricey. So having this as like a more uh, easy on the wallet offering is definitely something that appeals to our customers and to our retail accounts. Like that's the like oh I'll, I'll throw a couple of those on uh, as well. Kind of kind of orders like yeah uh, you know. Like, like, like a bunch of other reasonable companies, we have minimum orders. So that's definitely that one that can get you across the minimum ordering line. Yeah, get you the few account. things you want and then yeah. uh, the smaller ticket items. Yeah. To, and a few others you didn't know you want, but now that you have Like them, when you're filling out your uh, Amazon order, you want to hit the <laughs> threshold for uh, free overnight delivery. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, uh, but still... We put this, we're probably turning out batches of this. I think it's like just about once a month now, still like 15 barrel batches of that. And it's just always around. And, and it's got a cool it's, name. It's got a cool name. It's called Thank You for Existing. Uh, it's this label directly behind me with that alien. Um, and it's become, you know, not just our flagship, but a big piece of our, our brand's identity and stuff. So uh, the idea of, I always thought that was a, uh, wrote that one, that name down, like early on into like build out and stuff. Like this could be a cool name for a beer and it landed right on the coach perfectly and has become, like I said, a a part of our identity. One, it's aliens. Aliens are cool, uh, (laughs) especially to us. But the thank you part of it for sure definitely plays into, you know, a bigger uh, value of ours for for our community and the people around us. Uh, every week we do what we call a thank you night. It's our service industry night. So we that's when we're discounting uh, a bunch of our draft lines. Uh, usually add in a couple other deals. Sorry, my dog's playing with a squeaky That's fine. Right now. <laughs> I was I, I was just trying to fight back laughing at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, that's it's just become. Uh, so what I like second. you have <laughs> you you have um, thank you for existing, uh, and then. <laughs> Conversely, you have I hate you, always have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Less of the identity, that, but still just like a fun jab yeah. at like a, a style we weren't sure we were ever going to make. Um, I hate you, always have is our amber ale. And uh, we always joked about uh, amber ales. Like, we're like New Belgium has their headquarters, uh, their East Coast headquarters here. Like, their production facilities just pumping out still tons and tons of fat tires. So we were like, dude, does this area need some more yeah. amber ale? But <laughs> you make it and you throw a tongue in cheeky name on it like that and people flock to it. And every time I we think put it, it might out, be people... my favorite beer name ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I have uh, to tell you, uh, Fat Tire is probably one of my biggest disappointments ever in craft beer <laughs> because it was like it, you know it was back when in like 2008 2009 or so <laughs> when there you know there wasn't nearly as much uh as many options to try stuff and new belgium wasn't available in maryland yet and everyone just kept talking about how amazing Fat Tire was because <laughs> Amber Ales were popular at that time. Yeah. So I went through all the trouble to get some, and I tried it. I'm like, what? What the hell is this? <laughs> this is nothing. <laughs> like, why did I put so much effort into getting this? Just couldn't have it. So it was. It was, it was one of them. so Fat Tire. I hate you. Always have. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> there you go. Works so, perfectly for the brand. <laughs> yeah. Who, who um, do you come up with all of the beer names, or is that a, gr- yeah, a group effort? I would say probably like ninety-five percent of the names I, I'm coming up with here. So, uh, uh, but sometimes there's just like someone says something in the group that's just like, oh. Yeah, we gotta, That's we gotta make something. <laughs> I hate you. I always have was one of those. I didn't name that one. <laughs> that, that one came out uh, from one of our staff. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, my uh, like two of our bartenders are like best friends, and he was on a on a uh, one picked up the other's uh, phone and saw a text message. What he thought was from his brother. So he's like, oh, I'm going to joke on my brother to say, I hate you, always have to him. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't his brother. It was his his boss, new, no. his new girlfriend that he <laughs> oh, just started geez. dating. <laughs> that <laughs> like, had to be oh. a fun few moments before he yeah. was able to explain yeah. that. Yeah, one was <laughs> the brother's name was Ross and like the girlfriend's name is Rosa. So like he just looked at it quickly and it's like, <laughs> oh, no, uh, he assumed it was him. Uh, not the case. And hence That's, the text message format the label takes too. Um, I um I love that beer name even more now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah, a lot of them come from different places, different uh, different pop culture references here and there, and then uh, Phil I sticky bun hole. <laughs> yeah, that one I have no idea. That one just popped in my head. I'm like, that's so freaking stupid and funny to me. Maybe other people will appreciate it. And uh, I spent like no time on the original artwork, and uh, people went crazy for it. Like now we do a line of those this the <laughs> sticky bun hole. The first one was my uh, fill my thy cake hole. So we call it the cake hole series. So it's different kinds of pastries now that. Go into holes. <laughs> <laughs> so we should be, uh, it's been a bit since we put one of those out, but it's coming back real, real soon. I think we got it on the schedule for sometime in the next couple of months. So. so I don't, I don't know when I started following you guys. I think it was shortly after um, you opened or maybe even before you opened. Uh <laughs> I was a huge fan, even though the first time I ever tried your beer was when I met you in Maine. Uh, but it's because of your Instagram account. I am, yeah. I, 
I have brought it up in so many episodes telling people <laughs> they should follow oh. it because I like how much time is spent <laughs> like Pro- planning out your Instagram page. Yeah. Because uh, anyone should just pause, go look up Dissolver <laughs> on Instagram now and see what I'm talking about because you're probably thinking, oh, it's one of those people that, like, what do they call it? Walling isn't the term. Yeah. But it's not that. It's so much more. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not just blocks of one photo. It is one continuous flowing image. And <laughs> it just got more elaborate as time went on. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's definitely, it, de- it takes its time for sure. Uh, it's gotten easier and I found like, yeah, I've gotten used to just having it as part of my workflow of things, but yeah, it is one cohesive kind of grid. And uh, I'd, I'd seen projects like that before. I'd done other projects for clients like that before, but had never approached it in the way I do it for Dissolver. Usually because yeah, be they like, usually end and this yeah. one just keeps going <laughs> and going. Like, in yeah. my mind, I can't even figure out how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, and then usually it's, like, much more, like, abstract in a way. It'll be, like, you know, I have a nice picture. I'll just blow it up to fit the grid kind of thing. So maybe you'll get, like, a uh, like a blank, blurry picture in my feed. I don't know what that means. Or you get, like, piece of the puzzle, but... My approach has always been like trying to make each individual post. So rather if you see the whole grid or you see it by yourself. In the, oh, yeah, that, in the, that's in a the, key part of it I didn't mention. It's it, not like the, most other ones where it's yeah. meaningless, but each one is a self-contained post that you could get yeah. everything you need to know from it. Yeah. It so, just spills over in both directions for infinity. Yeah. And then it's, it's mind a, it's a, it's a big bonus once you you see the grid and all it's and all of it together, um, and it's it's been fun. I've been doing it for freaking years now, which is insane to think about. Do you do you regret it now? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like people will tell me they've seen what I've done and they've tried to do it, and they're like, "Yeah, I did it for like two weeks, and I hated it." The whole time and now i stopped doing it i just like it's not worth it it's like yeah you're right <laughs> it's not. you're 100 right yeah. it's dumb and but, you shouldn't do it <laughs> but if, if you do it for years and you commit it you know it becomes it, it becomes part of like it's definitely part of the brand of what we're uh what i've helped make the brewery known for uh you know which is just you know overall in that thought just wanted to present us as like more of a creative brand like we yeah. we we do we are ultimately creating a product and look and feel to that product and i wanted that to be expressed to whoever's uh approaching the brand and these days uh you know our social media and digital presence is you know one of the, one of the first things people find out about us and that's like our first word of mouth to a lot of people is seeing that. And I wanted that to be distinct, you know, again, well, I mean, I knew we, who we, you were and had been following you for probably two years yeah. having never tried <laughs> your beer. 
Yeah. And like the, the best part about, you know, getting to be, you know, creative in that way is just knowing that we have a you know, product that will back that creativity up. So like one of the worst things for a shitty product is to have, you know, effective marketing or, or something that represents it. Uh, yeah. Uh, in a more effective way for people to, to try because if, if it's not good, you know, people will feel cheated and, you know, and if, if, yeah, if that marketing is good, it'll, that's just ups the ante of people wanting to get it. And then, uh, but we, we don't have that problem. <laughs> I have a, a very uh, experienced partner that leads our production team and then our full production team. Not There's not one of them that hasn't already worked for another brewery and worked for other like really well-known breweries. So, uh, yeah, we're just running a, a killer team right now. And the beards, I think, tasting better than ever. Uh, we're having so much fun like introducing new brands but also at this point getting to bring back a lot of our our favorites from over the last couple of years so yeah and then always always with the kolsch it's always just <laughs> always a crusher it's just super easy to drink um yeah I, someday um... we're we're trying to work on our own kolsch day so that'll, that'll happen at some point too kolsch service will happen here nice at some point. yeah um, I, I'm looking forward to trying that cause I didn't, uh, I was taking photos the other day and I had, I had already photographed several crispy boys. Uh, yeah. so I, I wanted to save that for another time and that's why I uh, yeah. went with murder house, um, yeah. one cause it was just it, an intriguing name <laughs> and, yeah. and it turned out yeah. to be extremely delicious. Yeah. And got to do that with our, our good friend, our good friends from Zool uh over in knoxville they're just off to a phenomenal start they're crushing it right now so uh to to yeah they were super supportive like when we were first starting up uh they got they came over to the brewery when we still had like holes in the ground and stuff uh checking it out uh super cool guys um so to to work on more projects with them is yeah it's definitely part of like why we got into this industry and uh yeah that collaborative nature is just something you know we started the brand on and continue to do to this day and uh those guys are super big movie buff and movie nerds horror movie we uh, we were talking about horror movies and stuff when we when they were here brewing so got led into that and then led into the artwork uh, <laughs> put uh, Bentley the, right there on the label as uh, one creepy looking guy. <laughs> He's a really nice guy, but uh, yeah, got to play with his image. I love fucking around with uh, the different people we work with, their images and stuff, uh, especially my business partner, Vince. I've, I've made him a, a baby robot, like Terminator style dude, and uh, put him on all kinds of different weird uh, pieces of of advertisement and, and posts and stuff like that. So whenever I can goof around with uh, someone's likeness is that's, that's my favorite part. It's like almost making a, uh, a meme just for myself, you know, <laughs> but is um, the dog on the hustle was bone crushing your dog or is that, is that... 
Yeah, well, it's with, funny. With laser um, eyes and fangs. <laughs> right at the same time. So for that series, the Hustle uh, series, that's all our West Coast IPAs. We've been playing around with the, okay. just like slightly tweaking it, uh, shifting hops uh, throughout that whole series. And uh, I've gotten the chance to work with uh, really kick-ass artists out here, uh, Jade Young. She does all of our art for that. And uh, so badass. Uh, <laughs> we both got uh, poodles at the same time. So <laughs> she was like definitely on a poodle kick. And I was like, yeah, well, if we can uh, <laughs> use this artwork for this label, that'd be amazing. And then we worked with our buddies over at uh, 12 bones, uh, to do that, that project, that was a collaboration too. And, uh, it just fit perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So back to, um, your Instagram page for a second. Do you, yeah. do you plan on continuing that forever or do you have in your mind <laughs> yeah. a time yeah. where you could gracefully, yeah. uh, stop it? Yeah. No, I have no plans to stop it. So yeah, it's gonna keep going until uh yeah, I go insane essentially. <laughs> yeah. But I do have a I have So if a, we we if we ever see the grid broken, be concerned. Yeah, yeah I'll be broken <laughs> as well at that point. <laughs> but I have a I run a taproom page for Dissolver 2, which is Dissolver underscore taproom. Uh that that helps me get out some other posts and stuff without uh breaking the grid so that 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 keeps the sanity going is that, <laughs> the is that the is that purely the reason for creating that one that and it, it does focus a bit more on like our tap room events and stuff like okay. that so whereas the other one's more about mostly about uh product uh and and our releases every week so the other one will be it does it does dabble in both and they both mingle here and there so uh i am sparking up dissolver wine too so that that will happen it's parked right now so but that will that will kick off once we start rolling out some more of that product are you are you gonna make that one complicated too or are you gonna operate oh, it no, like a I regular think so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think my brain could handle that another one of these projects we'll see uh, i still want to be creative and give it some sort of look so we'll, maybe yeah We'll see three years from now, I'll have 20 continuous grids going, <laughs> just losing my mind. Does um, um does that make it hard at all to keep the Instagram gods happy or the, the Instagram algorithm gods or? Yeah, um, I, you know, it's it, it seems to do all right. I think I think. Uh, what I notice is when I can do reels and make reels that they, they love reels right now. Yeah, so they definitely do, do. Um, so I figured out how to work those into the grid as well. Uh, yeah, I did notice that there are a bunch of, uh, <laughs> so, videos where it's just the, the thumbnail or whatever is right. what completes the grid and it goes on yeah. into. So, um, but yeah, I, I like, I like dabbling with whatever Zuckerberg's going to throw in a new little toy <laughs> with on his things. Uh, yeah. Find me in the metaverse. I'm in there. No, <laughs> not, yet. <laughs> not yet, but yeah. 
Um, I am dabbling more and more into 3D stuff, so trying to work more and more of that into our our brand and my art style. Do you have anything uh, coming up that you're excited about? Oh, boy. Yes. So the return of our... (laughs) Our hot dog eating competition is coming up. <laughs> Four feet to hell. It's our. Uh, we did a, We launched it last year, and had so much fun doing doing it. It's uh, the challenge is eat four foot long hot dogs, and drink uh, our. Last year was our Kolsch, but this year it'll be our German Pilsner with the same name, Four Feet to Hell. Uh, so you have six minutes and 66 seconds to do so. And if you complete the challenge in that time, you make it up onto our wall of flames. We call it it's a big little, it's a little part of our, our draft wall where we have frame photos of the people that finished it. Nice. And then the person to do it the fastest will be our, what we call our hell champion. And they become like, they get their name etched in on onto our hot dog belt. And they just get the prestige of being the four, <laughs> four feet from hell champion for the year. Nice. Um, we're about to roll out some promos for that. That should be a lot of fun. Shooting some little videos, little skits and stuff. We have our, our last year uh, champion coming in to help us out with that. And uh, yeah, just super excited. That'll be, we're hosting that July 20th, which is National Hot Dog Day. So uh, super pumped about it. It's just like, a really goofy event and uh, uh, really fun. <laughs> do, you, do you have a passion for uh, hot dogs or just... <laughs> absolutely? Yeah, it's hot dogs. My middle name, they say. So. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't say so. But like, it, it is a lot of fun to like kind of do some some goofier uh, little events like this, and uh, we're just super pumped to do it again this year. Like, other than that, we are always doing some like been doing a series of emo nights here and that's always a whole bunch of fun uh you know ties right back to my high school days so (laughs) um yeah and then like like i had mentioned before the wine coming out super pumped for that so yeah got some crusher natural wines and we got a uh a paquette coming out with that as well so that will that'll just be a lot of fun I, i can't wait to just like uh yeah kind of put a couple of those out there we've been we've been developing a really good friendship with our our buds out uh outside of dc crooked run uh they run a similar uh like kind of program where they you know they have amazing beers but they also turn out some really really good natural wines yeah, so I don't think I haven't kinda... had a chance to try any of their wines yet. I'm not really a wine drinker though, so I haven't. Ah, this, I haven't. That'd be a good way to yet. to get into it. Uh, is trying out their stuff. It's super there's um, there's a really really good. There's a local winery to me that's really into that too, and I believe they've done collabs with Crooked Run. Oh, nice. They've definitely yeah. done ones with Aslan. Oh, um, yeah. and it's called uh, Old Westminster. And then they have another project called Burnt Hill. Um, I don't think they've produced any wine there yet because they just planted those uh, the the vines a couple oh, years yeah. ago. But uh, they yeah. they uh, the first time I ever had a piquette was from them. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do um, you yeah, have? 
time to or oh, do you have more? Yeah. No. Okay. Wow. Do you have time to answer some random non beer related questions? Absolutely. All Let's right. do it. Um, I feel like I know the answer. Uh, I'm gonna. I don't normally start with this question, but the first one's gonna be: What's scarier, aliens or clowns? Uh, probably, I think clowns. <laughs> that's the clowns. that's the that's the uh, most popular answer. Yeah, My favorite yeah. answer was uh, definitely clowns because aliens may or may not be here for something good clowns are never here for something good yeah it's def- that's definitely just a weird person under that clown makeup so that's yeah, no matter the what their part. intentions are yeah. <laughs> what's yeah. the scariest movie you've ever watched oh, scariest movie dang heard it uh uh you know the first time i watched okay i got i got two real quick i think uh the Evil Evil Dead Two was pretty freaking scary. It's also pretty goofy too yeah. if you look at it, which is it's classic. But I think the one that scared me the most out of maybe my life was watching Scream the first time when oh, I was a yeah. child when I watched that and watching Drew Barrymore just get murdered in the first scene like scared the shit out of me. I was like, <laughs> I can't watch this. I, this is hurting my little kid brain here. <laughs> I can't watch young people get killed. <laughs> yeah, why? Why? Uh, yeah, that spooked the shit out of me. Now it's like, that's such a goofy movie too when you look yeah, at it's it. It's very campy. But, yeah. But uh, Do yeah, you wash apples before eating them? Oh, no, never. <laughs> why that's weird that's give them a little rub or something if yeah. yeah that's it yeah uh best fast food french fries defend your answer uh wendy's for i can't really defend it it's just I grew, just grew up eating, eating it way too much yeah it's just they're all yeah not very good but yeah that one i just yeah has the nostalgia that triggers in my brain when i eat it yeah what would the title of your biography be uh uh let, let's make dope shit mine would Something be like that. um i hate you always have <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank you who for existing that, yeah. <laughs> uh who would win in a battle between a ninja and a pirate uh ninja wrong answer yeah. oh, uh, what? <laughs> is, is batman a ninja uh no he's a he's a psycho he's, <laughs> he's a, a clown <laughs> <laughs> flats or drumsticks uh, i'd probably go drumsticks wrong answer yeah. <laughs> pizza or tacos oh Fuck, this one's hard. I'm super into making pizza right now. There's no wrong answer to this one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go pizza right now. Yeah. Name a famous person you would love to meet. Famous person I would love to meet. Uh, What's uh, Noam Chomsky? Let's go with that. (laughs) Who's that? He's a, he's a, a brilliant thinker. Okay. Yeah, he's almost he's gonna be dead soon. You'll hear about him soon. <laughs> he's I'll pretty read old. His obituary soon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He'll oh, be like, oh, no. this guy. 
Uh, what are you watching on TV right now? Shoot. Uh, watching that uh, uh, Severance uh, on Apple Plus. That was a, it. It took a little bit to get there, yeah. but I really yeah. enjoyed it once I was Lord. able to wrap my head around it a little bit more than like the first couple episodes. Yeah, I, I fucking love shows like this it's just like what the fuck is going on yeah i, can't, I don't yeah but i'm in it for the ride uh especially uh for a ben stiller uh vehicle this is it's like, not he's, what you he's expect. a uh, yeah directing it but adam scott uh starring in it yeah but also with what uh christopher walken and john Turturro in it as well i freaking love that the um <laughs> The, probably see some references to it in a beer at some point <laughs> nice the yeah. season finale has a nice twist to it if you haven't made it there yet uh, so, well i'm only halfway so uh, I, i'm pumped for it though. you're on for a good you're in for a good ride heck yeah what is the best starburst flavor uh, do they have flavors i think they're just colors okay I yeah i should i you're, <laughs> you're right let me let me change it because i think the answer always is given colors so I'm going to yeah. change that. I'm rewriting that question to be <laughs> correct. What is yeah. the best Starburst color? Yeah. Pink and then, like, yeah, you'd That's be controversial if you said yellow. Well, like, then you're. I would probably just yeah. you now and tell <laughs> yeah. you you're a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> Go put on some clown makeup. Yeah. You're lucky, though, if you are the person that likes yellow. Because I, yeah, you're you just get all the yellow endless. you want. <laughs> I actually I wonder like why do they even make them like they know <laughs> they obviously know everyone wants the pink ones they sell bags <laughs> of just pink yeah. yeah right um what's the worst concert you have ever attended oh uh I saw a really bad modest mouse show one time but they've uh, they've also been one of my best concerts to go to see i love modest mouse but i've never seen them live but i've seen uh, them perform live on tv and they were horrendous yeah they <laughs> could be so, yeah from place to place like yeah it's a fluctuating <laughs> kind of thing yeah i so i could see how that would be that would be a bad that could definitely be a bad concert yeah. is nickelback actually a good band who Gosh, they're a successful band. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily <laughs> yeah, right? mean it's good. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Uh, I would take a pass on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it acceptable to use a gift card on a first date? On a first date? Yeah, why not? Uh, just the people yeah, have I strong think. opinions about that you shouldn't. Yeah. I probably would, but I'm cheap. You should only use gift cards on a first date. You know? <laughs> Specifically, <laughs> dissolver ones. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, be fully invested in, in everything all the time? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you don't know how it's going to go. <laughs> what goes into the bowl first, cereal or milk? Oh, boy. Always the cereal. Yes. Yeah, no, don't do the milk. That's just weird. And it goes back to being a psycho again. You may as well <laughs> yeah. eat yellow Starburst. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's all. That's all I got. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for the beer. Thank you for oh, yeah. entertaining me for the last few years with your amazing uh, artwork. Um, 
and uh, and that and thank you for the little drawing with the, the postcard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that will be well, framed and hung in my office. Oh, <laughs> well, right next to something happy. my daughter drew me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably really close to the same. Thing. It's. Um. Similar, she's but but she my, my elder my oldest daughter is actually an extremely talented artist. She got none oh. of it from me. I can barely handle a stick figure. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, and I can't, can't not say thank you for existing because of course, <laughs> thank you for existing. Thank you for making you know your podcasts. It's uh, hate you always have. <laughs> thank you everyone for yeah. listening. Cheers. Cheers. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook. And if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.